0: You are listening to the weekly podcast of City Church Orlando, located just off of 1792 at 650 Airport Boulevard in Sanford, Florida. Our website, orlandocitychurch.com. Today, Generations Pastor Glenn Wolf will continue with our series called Jesus Is. Today, we're going to discover that Jesus is our compassionate healer, and that he still desires to heal us, even today. Our scripture text comes from Matthew chapter 4, starting in verse 23. Today's message is entitled, Our Compassionate Healer.
1: And now we are in Jesus Is, part two. And the first week we looked at Jesus as the man. We saw that, God, that Jesus is fully God and fully man. And we're going to spend the next four weeks and we're going to look at Jesus as the minister. And uh, Jesus, as the minister, we're going to start that today. And if you could, if you're there at Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, can we stand for the reading of God's word? Come on. It's going to be good. Now, we have seen God already do some incredible things this morning. Healings, miraculous stuff has taken place, and there's more to come. As God's faith is stirring in our in, in His people, Matthew chapter four verse seventeen, we pick up. Uh, Jesus has just spent thirty years of preparation and testing and trial and tribulation in the desert, and uh, he comes out on top. He is tempted by the devil, if you know the story, and now he is about to start his ministry, and that is where we pick up verse seventeen. <laughs> From that time on, Jesus began to preach, "Repent, for the kingdom of God is near." As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. Sounds like he was like a rapper. You know, he was just ready to flow. And once they left their nets and followed him, going on from there, he sat two other brothers. He saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father, Zebedee. It's a great name. Preparing their nets, Jesus called them, and immediately they left their boat and their father, and they followed him. Then we find in verse 23, pay attention to this, we get Jesus' mission. And, And it says, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. Now he, when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them, saying, and then we get in Matthew chapter 5, of course, we get the sermon, one, some of the most prolific sermons ever from our King. I've entitled this message this morning to fill in the blank in our Jesus is culture is that Jesus is our compassionate healer. Jesus is our compassionate healer. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, for all that you are. We thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross for us. And Lord, I pray that you would anoint me And uh, anoint my lips, anoint what I'm speaking. Let these words of of your word be spoken through my mouth. God, help us to stir our own faith. And God, we pray that, Lord, the impossible would happen today. In Jesus' name, Lord, also, God, we just want to say thank you for the Amway Arena. And God, we also just want to say thank you in advance for the Orlando Magic winning their very first NBA title this year. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen to that. You go ahead and be seated this morning. One of my favorite phrases growing up, and uh, if, you're, if you're a man, you probably can relate with this, even, even ladies, you probably can relate with this also, was two words. Prove it. Oh, man. You know, you go down, I mean, if, if you were going to open up your mouth around me when I was young, you better be ready to prove it. You better be ready to back it up. Anybody just had a childhood kind of like that? Everything, you know? Well, I'm, I'm hungry. And I'm so hungry. I'm hungry. I can, I'm so hungry, I could eat your sandwich and my sandwich in one minute. Prove it, you know? Just prove it, you know? My my dad's bigger than your dad. Prove it, you know? I mean, I could I punch you in the face. Prove it, you know? It's just, you go down the line, you just got to prove it. And that's kind of where we went. And I remember when I was young, I had an opportunity to get swimming lessons at the local community pool right outside of our house, and uh, I went through all of the classes, and I did pretty well, and myself, along with four other young men, had the opportunity and were given this chance to swim at the upcoming Saturday swim meet, okay? And I just got excited. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Bottom line, I really didn't want to do it, okay? So then I'm talking to my friends there, and, you know, we're kind of friends, but not really. You know, I don't know. It's just kind of all weird. And they're like, I think you're scared to swim in the swimming this Saturday. Of course, my chest, you know, I, I ain't scared. Who's who? I, I, I'm not scared. What, what do they say? Prove it. Oh, I, I, I'll see you Saturday, baby. You better. Come on, Grandma. Let's go, man. Shoot. We go, it's going down this Saturday, you know. And, uh. So I'm like, man, I'm going to prove it. You don't, you don't even know, boy. You do not know. I'm about to prove this right now. So it comes Saturday, and uh, and I was going to hang out with my grandma that had she ended up coming with me. And, of course, the grandma, you know, she went out and bought me some shorts, some swim shorts. And you got to wear your grandma's swim shorts if she buys you swim shorts. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you already know where this is going, don't you? <laughs> so... So then, you know, she eyeballs it. I wasn't with her. And so she hands me these, these, these shorts of many colors. You know, I felt like Joseph or something. And, and uh, these shorts were like down to here. And so, I, you know, I got them. And, I'm like, okay, so I, I tighten as tight as I can. And it was just as good as it was going to be. And so we walk up. And this is no joke. This is honest truth. We walk up. And for whatever reason, my grandmother also buys me a large, I'm a little kid, buys me a large Papa John's pizza. As we're walking into the swimmy, I'm dead serious. So you walk in. I got shorts down to here. I'm with my grandmother. She's got a giant pizza. We slap the pizza and a Pepsi on the drink. I'm drinking Pepsi. I'm eating stuff. You know, while every other kid is in Speedos, you know, they like just shade. They're like whole body shade or like a noodle, you know. And... And I'm over there with board choice. And honestly, I thought I was kind of the up and up. I'm like, <laughs> they're all in Speedos, man. I know Speedos, nothing, whatever. So finally we get to a place where, where we're about to, it's my, it's our turn to go. And I got all these guys. And so you get up on this pedestal, if you know what I'm saying, if you ever seen a swim meet or been a part of it, you're about three feet off the ground. There's this white pedestal and you lean over and then the horn goes and you, then you jump in the water and you get like a, you try to go as far as you can. Well, <laughs> I, my body, the horn hits and I, I jump and my body goes aerodynamically into the water as my shorts never actually make it in the water. They, they just kind of slip, slip right out. So now you have this, I'm dead serious. And uh, this is my childhood, okay? And all of a sudden, I am staring in a giant Olympic-sized pool and my shorts are about 10 feet from me, okay? And the water is very clear, all right? And so I, am, I swim over, grab my shorts, throw them on, and then I finish the race because I'm going to finish the race, you know. So, so then literally, no joke, I had to like do one like this and pull my shorts up with the other and then go like that and then pull my shorts up with the other. Needless to say, I completely was dead last, completely lapped. I got out of the pool, with, just held my shorts, and I'm like, Grandma, let's go. You know, I'm just like. Can I tell you that wasn't a very good day, but, but can I just tell you something? I proved it. I proved it. One of the reasons Jesus heals, and one of the reasons Jesus still heals today, is to prove it. Jesus wants to prove to all of humanity, Jesus wants to prove to you today that he is in fact the son of God, that he is in fact the only one authorized and able with the authority to literally speak to a spine and have it change. And in, and in return for the fact that he is our ultimate healer, sets it up in a position where he is the one and only that is able to heal our sins and heal our bruised hearts. And we must, as believers, never neglect the authority and the the uh, theology and the doctrine that our God is not just a God, but he is also our healer. And in the same sense that he is our spiritual healer, we must also believe that he is our physical healer. And he cannot be one or the other. To minimize one is to minimize Jesus. And to minimize Jesus is to minimize the word. And to minimize the word is to minimize God. And the, God's message of the word is jesus and jesus is grace and inside of that grace is love for you today we have got to understand today that jesus is our compassionate healer and he wants to prove to you today that he is in fact the real deal he is not scared he wants this city to know that he is god and he does this He does this in a very clear way here in Matthew chapter 9. I love the wordage of all this. Some men brought to him a paralytic, the Bible says, lying on a mat, verse 2. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. Now let's just take this for a second. Now Jesus is just a man kind of, and he's been doing some great things. He walks over to somebody, and he just goes, Hey, I want to let you know, take heart, your sins are forgiven. All the, all the guys are like, What? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What did he just say? You know, like... Hold on, what did you just, who are you to say that his sins are forgiven? Like, what, are, are you God? Right? That's exactly what they're saying here. Listen, listen to what the guys say. At this time, some of the teachers said to themselves, this fellow is blaspheming. This is ridiculous. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? Then he says, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? Now let me make this very clear. It is much easier for Jesus today to speak into your life and say, say, get up and walk, than it is for Jesus to say, your sins are forgiven. Because in order for Jesus to say, your sins are forgiven, means that he has to go bear your sins. So when he is sitting here in Matthew chapter 9, he's telling them, yes, I am the man of God. They're looking at him like, that's blasphemy, prove it, right? And all of a sudden, Jesus goes, well, listen, it's easier for me to to, to tell this person to get up and walk than it is for me to say, your sins are forgiven, because in order for me to say uh, that that your sins are forgiven means that I literally have to die on the cross for those sins. That's the only way. But then Jesus says this, because he wants to prove it. Listen to this. He says, but so that you may know. I love it. I just... I felt like, man, when I, was in that, when I was at that swim meet, I just wanted to walk out. I wish it was a better story, and I could just, like, I would have got, like, first place, you know, like my shorts would have stayed on, you know what I'm saying? I would have gotten to the whole thing, gone all the way back, and then walked out and been like, just so that you know, boys, I ain't scared of this swim meet. In fact, I coming number one, you know, that's the whole thing. And I just, I can see Jesus here going, but so that you may know that I am the son of man that has authority on earth to forgive sins. Get up, take your mat and go home. He healed this person just so that he knows that if he's willing to heal their, their, their physical, he's also willing to heal their spiritual. He came to prove it. And our gospel must be, as believers, every person in this room, your gospel outside of this church and the gospel that you believe must not be a gospel just of proclamation, but it also must be a gospel of demonstration. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 4, we just read it earlier, it doesn't say that he just taught and that he just preached. It says that he taught, it says that he preached, and it says that he healed. And that same Jesus lives inside of you. That same Jesus is the Jesus that we're worshiping here. And it says he healed everybody, everyone. And we must, in our gospel, make a decision that we are not just going to speak the gospel, but we are going to see the gospel in action. That you would demonstrate God's grace. You would demonstrate God's healing power. And that is a faith that must rise up in us as a church. It amazes me to see so many believers that contemplate whether God really is our healer today. And I've been there. I have totally in my in my theology and the way that I've thought as I'm as I'm becoming a maturing Christian, I have been in, in church services where I go, man, I just don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I mean, I see, I see in the Bible, but I just, it doesn't seem like anything's going on. I don't, I don't know if God really heals. And that is just completely unbiblical. And let, let me just explain. This city needs you to believe that God is our healer. This city needs a healer. Not just a good teacher, not just somebody. There are people that are practical people that simply need some tangible evidence. And I'm telling you, God is, sometimes we want to over-spiritualize everything and we never want to just show the tangible. I pray all the time in a youth service on Sunday morning, God, I pray you would show up tangibly in this room. What am I talking about? I pray you would show up so real that we can't ignore it. Lord, if you want to speak to me in a burning flame, let's do it. It'd be awesome. That would grow our youth ministry, wouldn't it? Dude, last night there was a flame. Fire on there, you know. Whatever God wants to do to demonstrate his power to us. But you must have a, have a gospel of proclamation, and not, of not just proclamation, but also demonstration. Let me explain. You're a construction worker, let's say. And you're on the job, and, and one of your friends is a co-worker. You're trying to witness to them. And all of a sudden, they take their, the, their hammer, and they, right on their thumb. And it hurts, and it's throbbing, and it's twice the size of the other thumb. And, and now you see them, and you're hanging out or whatever, and you're like, hey, Real quick, I just want to talk to you, brother. Hey, man, I want to let you know, Jesus is awesome. Well, that's great. Yeah, it is great, man. He came to die for your sins. And I'm telling you, there is nothing that is impossible for our God. He is Jesus. And and I'm telling you, he died just for you. It's the message of grace. Man, that sounds awesome. It is awesome, brother. You need to just hang out with me. And and listen, I'm telling you, you can accept. And I can just see him now. and And so many people have probably said this to you. Well, what will your God do for my thumb? And all of a sudden, we back up, right? Hold on, this is going to relate, all right? Well, well, he, well, tec- tec- well te- I mean, here's the deal. Here's the deal, brother, when it comes to your thumb. Um, the greatest miracle is salvation. And so, you know, uh, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, he is a healer. We believe that, but, but, but the greatest miracle is your heart being healed. And, and so brother, we just, we want you to, uh, you know, and all of a sudden what you do is you, you become missionary instead of just become demonstrative Jesus, right? And all of a sudden we say, well, I'm going to stay evangelistic. I'm going to stay focused on just winning their heart to Jesus. Well, can I tell you, it is a lot easier to win them to Jesus when their thumb gets healed the the whole the whole argument gets a lot easier when simply their their broken leg starts working again can I it's a lot easier just to say God's real you know look at your leg you're running now I, and so but we automatically ignore that and we over spiritualize it and all of a sudden we just kind of do this whole thing we play the whole Christian card and we're like well I don't really know if it's his will or not his will and it might be I'm not sure and we do this whole thing and can I tell you that will never work it will never work I don't want to be a part of that church. We are a church full of faith. We believe the impossible. And can I tell you, you will not embarrass God. God, listen, God cannot, he is not embarrassed very easily, okay? Look at the 12 jokers that he decided to make disciples. <laughs> Peter walks out of the boat, you know, cuts off the ear. This is, I mean, he is, if he was worried about being embarrassed, he wouldn't have chose those guys to be his disciples. You will not embarrass God. I heard one guy tell me, and it was one of the best. Uh, and I've said this the last few sermons because it's just been so s- strong in me. But he said, "Glenn, you need to preach the biggest God you possibly can, and let Him defend Himself." Earlier today, we we, we there has been dozens and dozens of healings already today. Listen, I, we're just believing. I'm just, all I'm doing right now is stirring your faith, and we're going to pray for healings today because God wants to prove to you that He is, in fact, Jesus of Nazareth, and He is, in fact, the God. that that loves you, and that is our compassionate healer. God has always been and always will be our compassionate healer. I'm going to give you just some scriptures. Stay with me today. I know that this might be just stay with me. I, I need to read this to you. Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, we see all the way. There's Genesis, and then there's Exodus. This is in the beginning of the Bible. All the way back to Exodus, we see God himself says, for I am the Lord. We see that word being Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals you. God literally declared, to you that he is your healer. Then we find in the Old Testament, because people think that there's not healing in the Old Testament. Well, there is healing in the Old Testament. Uh, and just a few, number, Numbers 21, verse 9, 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 14. You can get this on podcast and check them all out later if you'd like to. Then we move on to major and minor prophets. God's still healed even in the major and minor prophets. We see it through Moses in Deuteronomy 7, verse 15. It says, and the Lord will take away from, all, from you all sickness. We see it in the 103rd Psalm, verse 1 through 5. It says, Dave, David was speaking. He said, God, who for forgives all your iniquities, who heals all of your diseases. All. Everybody say all. Come on, man. This this is a great God we serve. Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 56, verse 6 through 8. It says, your healing shall spring forth speedily." Jeremiah. In Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 17. For I will restore health to you and heal all your wounds. Everybody say all once again. So we see God use all the prophets throughout the major and minor prophets. Then we get to the New Testament. We find in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, it says this. It said, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. God anointed Jesus to heal you. And then we find in, 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 uh, in Matthew chapter 10, verse 1 through 8, we find Jesus sent his disciples out. He commissioned his disciples. He commissioned those crazy guys, right? He commissioned them to go heal all. You can look it up in Matthew chapter 10, 1 through 8. And then on top of that, right after he commissions them, then Jesus dies on the cross and ultimately pays the ultimate price for any, any sin, past, present, and future, We see that Isaiah 53 says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And it says, and by his wounds we are healed. By Jesus Christ's wounds. Nobody else. Peter says it like this in chapter 2, verse 24 of 1 Peter. It says, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness by his wounds you have been healed. Well, then we find in the early church, which we are—the early church. Do you know that we are still the early church today? We find Apostle Paul, we find Peter, we find John, we find James. We see James chapter five. What does James chapter five say? He says, "If any of you are, if anybody is sick, have them come to the elders of the church. Let them pray the prayer of faith, and they will be healed." It doesn't say they might be. It doesn't say they may be. It says they will be. This is, our, this is who we are. This is the doctrine of our church. Jesus is our compassionate healer, and he still heals today. Amen. And I'm here to tell you, it is God's will to heal everyone. Let me say that one more time as Tom comes to the keys. It is God's will to heal everybody. Now you sit there and you go, okay, How can you emphatically say something like that? How can you get up there on a mic and say it is God's will to heal everybody? Have you not looked around? Have you not seen the people that never get healed? How can you say that? Listen, when I look at the word of God, let me answer that question. How can I not say that? When I look at the gospel of Jesus Christ, in the three years that he was on the cross, that he was ministering, 30 years of preparation, three years of ministry. In those three years, there was almost a thousand recorded miracles and healings that took place. And not once, hear me this morning, not once, did ever, ever, never, ever, that's a big word, did he turn somebody away? Not once in those thousand times did Jesus say, Listen, I'm too busy, or it's not my will. In fact, most of the time, if you look in the Gospels, Jesus wasn't even going somewhere to heal anybody. He was just going, and people bombarded him, and in the middle of that, he always took the time. Think about it. The widow that came up and touched his garment, he said, "Who? where did the, 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 the woman with the issue of blood, he said, where did the power go? Then literally, Jarius comes over. He says, listen, my daughter's dead. While he was going somewhere, he stopped what he was doing, and he always took time to come and heal, because he wants you to know that if, he, that if you, he wants you to know that he is as crazy about healing your body as he is about healing your heart. And he cares about your little throbbing thumb as much as he cares about somebody else's can- cancer. This is the Jesus that we serve. And he is a God that wants to heal everybody. How, how can you say that, man? You're just young. You don't have cancer in your body, Glenn. How, how can you say something like that? Can I tell you, I have been in, I have prayed over people with terminal cancer, given three months to live, and they're still living today, because God completely, 100% healed them. <laughs> Eves, Eve's and too. I don't know if they're here today, I haven't seen them today. Eve's in fat too, I just, man, I, I, love that, I love that couple. First of all, they're just incredible, incredible couple in our church. And uh, Eve's in Fat too, I remember they came to our, 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 uh, our prayer meeting one night, and literally th- th- sh- she just comes in, as, if you can imagine a mom, she was told by her doctors that she needs to abort her child because it's going to come out disfor- disformed. There was a certain disease, I don't remember the name. She comes in, I mean, you could tell when she walked in, as you can imagine, mom's, or, or even if you ever just even think about being a mom, just completely uh, just eyeliner everywhere, just crying, shouting, we need a miracle. Automatically, thank God in that room, we, we have a pastor and we have a staff here that didn't walk around and go, well, I'm not sure. Well, I don't know. I don't know. You know, guys, it, it's a really, I mean, if they said it was supposed to abort, then I, I guess... I mean, I don't really, I'm not sure if it's, Lord, thank God we didn't go up there and go, God, if it be your will. No, it is his will. He wants it. That is not a prayer of faith, Lord, if it just be your will. I'm not saying in different areas you need to say, there are times when you need to say, God, if it be your will. Absolutely, I get all that. And I understand it does take faith. And I understand there are things that can stop us from being healed. And I get all that. But can I tell you right now, we must make a decision as City Church and in this community that we serve a God that wants to heal everybody. Don't ever have a moment in your work, don't ever have a moment in your job. Where somebody walks up to you i'm telling you just never go here again okay there's so many of us that have done that and, and and somebody comes up to you and says listen man my back is hurting and you feel it in the back of you you're like man i need to pray for them but i'm just not sure pray get your prayer on baby and watch god do something through you man. he's our compassionate healer but can i tell you also the same, I, I've seen God completely in that, in that situation with Eve's and fat too. God completely, that, that child is totally normal, almost a year old now today. God completely healed it. Amazing. Come on, give God a hand. Amen. Okay. Can I tell you I have also... Because I I want want to be balanced today. I could get up here and tell you all the good stories, and that's great. Can I tell you, I've also sat in a room, in in an operating room, with with somebody with terminal cancer, and we pray the prayer of faith, and we believe with everything we do, we declare over them, they will be healed in Jesus' name, and they didn't make it. So what am I supposed to do? Stop believing? No. Am I supposed to let experience overtake me? You know, Paul says, I fought the good fight. I fought the fight of faith. It is a fight of faith for you to keep believing even when you see the unbelievable. And you must make a decision in your life, and we must make a decision today, that Jesus is our compassionate healer. And he wants to heal this whole city. And he wants your neighbor and your friend to know that he loves them and he's crazy about them. And he's willing to prove it to you today. Can we just go ahead and stand to our feet this morning and let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, for your anointing. We thank you, God, for your presence that's here today. And, Lord, we ask right now that, Lord, once again in this third service, you would prove to us that you are our ultimate healer. God, I thank you, Lord, that we don't just serve you as a spiritual God, but, Lord, you're also our healer. God, it is who you are. Father, today, forgive us. Forgive our faith if we've ever decided that you can or can't. Forgive us for telling you what you can and can't do. God, we declare today over this church that this would be a catalyst moment in our lives, in our families, that when our children are sick, the first thing we do is pray the prayer of faith. That when our community is sick, the first thing we do is pray a prayer of faith. Lord, we trust in doctors. God, we're not saying that we won't do all those things. We're not saying that we won't use what you've given us and the tools. But God, ultimately, Lord, we would love to see you prove yourself over and over and over again to us. And Lord, I pray your anointing to fill this room once again and the atmosphere of faith to be released in this house. In Jesus' name. As we we close, I'm going to, I want to read to you just Luke chapter 5, verse 17. and, And it just really spoke to me. I just read this and it just was so real and rich in me. And I felt like this is exactly for this service. It says this, this one day as he was teaching Pharisees and teachers of the law, Jesus was teaching these these uh, Pharisees and teachers of the law had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Samaria and they were just sitting there and then it said and the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick why not today why not now Why not you get healed today? Why not believe? Every time you pray the prayer of faith, you are one prayer closer to your healing. And God wants you to know
0: and prove to you that he is your compassionate Thanks for listening to this message, Our Compassionate Healer with Generations Pastor Glenn Wolf. For service times and more information about City Church Orlando, please visit our website anytime at orlandocitychurch.com or call 407-321-9600.